previously on D&D and I'd gathered members outside the council to discuss this because I, I, I worry that I can't trust the council. Cat's brain is racing. <laughs> <laughs> My other guests could have been waylaid by any number of things that adventurers such as yourselves could, could handle. I, I see you and, and you look very capable. And then I know that you guys are, are, are you know, members of the order. So you'll be okay with the, to, to look into this. But you get to the other side of this hill and you come across a scene that really takes you aback to the point where, like, I think Nils and Majumbo would, like, react, would, like, drop to the ground and be like, hold here. Like, something isn't right. Mm. I do. If the boys are, like, taking something seriously. <laughs> oh. I know it's real. From uh, behind the, the, the busted up carriage uh, cabin section is a bipedal feathered creature with a very, very tiny arms and a big feathered head and, and beak, like big, thick, pointed beak. And clearly it has teeth inside this beak. Uh. It has a long tail and it tips its head back and it is swallowing what appears to be a very large fish. Let's scare them off. And I stand up and start walking <laughs> towards the birds. That was the first time Nils is like, oh... That's kind of attractive. (laughs) Nil stands up and kind of starts walking to right behind cat navia gets up and does the same thing and which i was like okay i'm gonna just hang in back in case some in case they're not as intimidated as we think but uh, you know you guys do you and just in case and he plays his flute and you guys have bardic inspiration oh nice nice (laughs) oh my god that feels so good wow it's it's a very kind of like marchy beat you know very kind of militaristic almost as you guys stand up on this the top of this hill and descend down it mm-hmm. what are you do are you doing anything katheria to to accent your accent your spell yeah dude i cast primal savagery on myself <laughs> <laughs> get this nils you channel primal <laughs> magic to cause your teeth or fingernails to sharpen ready to deliver a corrosive attack my nails grow whoa i'm gonna have like claw hands I want you to imagine her like at her height, tall, dignified, arms straight out, nails like Lady Dramescio. What's her name? <laughs> oh yeah, the 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 big vampire the lady. Big vampire from the vampire lady. The yeah. way that you hold your hands if you are her. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. A, a, a kind of curled, yes, splayed. Yeah, arms yeah. to the side, out. I'm I'm an intimidating presence. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Just to because because you've got the one that you've spelled mm-hmm. but now that you've got this intimidating presence as you say let's roll intimidation on the other two with advantage great nice. first roll is a five so we're gonna go with the second roll which is a five. Oh my gosh <laughs> no uh, <laughs> it's like a, in mario party you get 10 coins though <laughs> you rolled two of the same dice <laughs> oops is katheria like low-key really good at fighting now what do you think so it's fun to do this show because, like, you can write a character, but the moment that you're in it, they become real and, like, the history of them starts shaping itself. So I go from, I didn't think that she would be as 
sort of timid, I guess, as she is. Mm-hmm. But hey, make a decision. Yeah. Look, look confident in her skills. <laughs> the other two bird lizards who recognize that this is not a natural predator for them. So they just see another kind of creature that is not something they're familiar with. Uh, so they're not immediately intimidated by it. But the one that is afraid of you that you have, have spelled uh, as you approach starts to you know run away. Uh, but this almost kind of emboldens the other two. Like this one might not, the one that you spelled wasn't like the alpha necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as the one that you spelled turns to run away from you, the other two turn and kind of fall into kind of a formation. You guys are descending down this hill at these two bird lizards that have squared up to block your path between where you are and the crash site. Let's roll initiative. All right. 17. 19. Four for Majumbo. Ooh. 15 for Navia. You know what? This makes very much character sense. So it's going to be Katheria, the Nils. Yeah. Navia, bird lizards, and then uh, Majumbo. Not necessarily a fight yet, but you're definitely getting into the a situation where uh, the what the initiative is doing now is just giving giving a structure to this encounter. Mm-hmm. So nobody has thrown any punches, so to speak. Instead of thinking of this as necessarily as like turns, it's like you're reacting to what the person before you is doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is. Uh, it's Katheria's turn. You've just failed to intimidate these two and they have squared up in front of you. So now you have to react to that situation. Yeah, I'm still going to continue walking forward. Yep. And in this sort of power stance, mm-hmm. do you speak? They kind of do that roar squawk uh, back at you. And you can see now that they've turned towards you just how wide and big their heads and mouths are. Probably 15 inches wide. And when they open their mouths for this this squawk roar, it's a pretty significant maw with a a good amount of teeth. And, and it seems like these are carnivorous creatures. Like you're, you know, you have a, a natural awareness. You can piece together that these things are are predators. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their eyes are are oriented as such. Uh, they have this big tooth filled mouth. Uh, they have a long tongue. Uh, when they open their mouth to squawk at you, it kind of waves and flaps, and it seems that it could uh, maybe be manipulated m- in a not normal way for tongues. What? <laughs> it, 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 there's a lot of tongue happening. I see. <laughs> um, if they speak, they are choosing not to. I'm not used to being a spellcaster, so now I'm like, do I just use all my spells? Uh-oh, I won't have any more spells. <laughs> Now, would speak with animals work on these guys? <laughs> it's beasts. Communicate Probably. with beasts for the duration. The knowledge and awareness of many beasts is limited by their intelligence, but at minimum, beasts can give you information about a near let about stuff. As best you can tell, it would work. They appear animal-like. They don't seem to be undead or monstrous or anything, other than just the fact that they're weird and otherworldly, but you can chalk that up to being... In this other place. Okay, I'm gonna cast Speak with Animals. Okay. At first level and tell these guys this is our crash site now. Make like your buddy and get out of here. And you see them like look at each other and they look 
back at you and then they squawk at each other in lower tones and you can you can understand this because of the spell mm-hmm. and one says to the other food with a question mark and the other confirms food and then they look back at you and they kind of shake their heads and they start to approach you <laughs> i'm going to say over my shoulder they're fools <laughs> let's kill them yeah. Uh, it is Nils' turn. Kill them? So be it. And I am just gonna, I'm just gonna take a swipe. I'm gonna swing uh, my war hammer. Sure. At one of them. Run down the hill, hammer held high. Yeah, just yelling. Kithiria's <laughs> <laughs> pointing. Yeah. He runs past, her hair flings past with, like, the, the wind yeah. of his body. Oh. Uh, 21. Yeah, uh, 21 will certainly hit. And then six bludgeoning. Six damage. Yeah, you smash one of these things. It's very awkwardly shaped. It's, it's, you know, center of gravity is weird. Uh, And you smash it uh, in the side with your hammer so much that you, like, knock it into the other one. They both kind of uh, get toppled off balance a little bit. And it disorients them. Navia then steps up next to uh, Kytheria, uh, and she casts Entangle. She waves her hands in a, a very elaborate way, spinning uh, with her magic the grasses all around this place, and they stretch uh, and grow and wrap themselves around the legs of the, uh, of the bird lizards. Although Nils is right there now, too, so uh, she's like, sorry, but uh, you know, watch out! <laughs> Uh, and you need to make a, a strength saving roll, which both of the bird lizards fail miserably. 16. Uh, and Nils succeeds, so you jump out of the way. Thanks for the call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as these vines erupt in this area, and now there's a, there's a, a, you know, a chunk of space uh, all around these bird lizards that are just, it's just so dense with these, these overgrown grasses that are grasping um, into and around uh, and on top of the the bird lizards, it is their turn. They're going to try to break out uh, and snap at the grass to try to free themselves. One of them is able to, the other is not. It makes its way to Nils, where it's going to try to bite with its big jaws. Will a 16 get you? No. No. Armor class 18. Yeah. Uh, deftly, you dance out of the way. Uh, from where you are, uh, slightly up on the hill, Gatheria, you can see there's just a confidence to his movements. Yeah, him avoiding the vines and then him avoiding this. I'm like, this guy can fight. <laughs> <laughs> like, no sweat, smile on his face. Like, he's not, doesn't feel <laughs> in danger at all. Yeah. At the haha, she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> The one that's afraid of you is, has, is gone. It, it just took off. You can see it kind of just retreating back into the distance. It's heading towards uh, the nearest like trees, set of cluster of trees, just to try to run. It's just running away. Bo's turn. He's going to cast a smell called Nathir's Mischief. A smell? A smell, dude? Smell? Did I say you smell? Said smell? You said smell. He's going to cast Maybe that's a, what Majumbo does. <laughs> cast a smell. <laughs> He's <laughs> just a stinky boy. <laughs> no, he 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 casts a spell uh, called Nathir's Mischief, which uh, fills a twenty foot cube 
with uh, magic, fey and draconic magic. I get to roll on a mischief table Ooh. to see what happens. This is new for me. I've never heard of a mischief table. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, Gressel's getting it out. It looks like it's got, it's got cat legs. Oh, what? That's so weird. <laughs> it has a crank. And it, um, <laughs> What's the crank do, Yeah, dude? what does the crank do? Tell us. <laughs> what does the crank do? Now there's too many. I'm flooded with possibilities of what the it crank do. It raises the does tail. It, does it, yeah, it raises the tail. And then, the, and then it makes a cat noise. It's actually just an alarm. We've just, we've just <laughs> created an alarm. But it next to it's your bedside table, so whenever somebody comes in the room that you don't trust... You can just crank it. Just crank it. Really a bad design. Yeah. <laughs> Automatic alarms work better, but... Yeah. If, or if mischief is happening, this will alert you to it. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, the mischief that happens in this, in this um, cube of magic is... Uh, Nils, you're close enough to smell the smell of apple pie Ooh. overcomes all of this other weird... He is a smell air. boy! He is, evidently, mm. he's a smell boy. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, the, the bird lizard, uh, has to make a wisdom saving throw, uh, which it fails. Bad rolls for the bird it's lizard. stink. It is now charmed. So this thing that was snapping at you and you were kind of dancing out of the way, toying with a little, little bit, mm -hmm. um, now settles and calms and just kind of stands there and, uh, it starts to chirp almost a little bit. It, and, and he says, that one will no longer threaten you. Just, uh, I guess bonk it and we can be done. Yes, sir. <laughs> It's back up to Katheria. I'm going to so go, wait, 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 and cast Beast Bond. You establish a telepathic link with one beast you touch that is friendly to you or charmed by you. The, well, all right, we'll fudge that. Say charmed by Majumbo. That works. <laughs> uh, the spell fails if the beast's intelligence is four or higher. It's not. You have a link through the link. It can understand your telepathic messages. You can communicate simple emotions and concepts. Uh, so you go over to this one that's charmed and you touch it. Mm -hmm. And you now have a mental link with it. Let's say that you, both of your eyes kind of uh, go white. There's a visual representation of this for the rest of you. Okay. You can see this. And uh, I'm still, am I still speak with animals -ing? I don't think you could do both of these at the same time. Okay, we're going to do But you, you can communicate with this with the specific new one. one. Very basic, simple emotions and concepts. Actually, speak with animals is not concentration. It's, not it's concentration. a 10 minute duration. Oh, well then, yes. Fair enough. Okay, I think at this point I'm beast bonded with this, the one that freed itself. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to tell the other one, I warned you, this one's on our side now. You have one more chance, we cut these bonds and you go. And now it understands that you are, you are not food. <laughs> you are a threat. And it, it, it definitely understands and it, it, it says what you can interpret with your spell to be basically okay, I give up. Mm -hmm. It like squawks and chitters and growls a little bit. And you can, t it's like, all right, okay. And I'm like petting its friend. <laughs> yeah, like you win, all right. <laughs> Navia dispels there, stops the, uh, the entangle spell that the, the grasses retreat, letting this one go. And it kind of sulks over to the one that you've, char that, that Bo is charmed and you have put under this bond. And it's like, all right, okay, come on, let's go. They got us. You know, we got the fish. I guess it's okay. You know, there's nothing really else here. It's, ooh, tastes weird. And uh, do you let the other one go? I don't want to. I want... So I think Cat and Navia would be like, let's inspect this thing. Let's figure out how this animal ticks. We've never seen a, a mm -hmm. bird lizard quite like this. 
and we have the opportunity to like examine it up close. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't want to let it go. Okay. It's my specimen now. <laughs> <laughs> the other one though is like cuz you said like let's get out like go get out of here mm-hmm. and he wants his buddy like come on let's go and it's not moving cuz you have it under this control. The other one then is just kind of like hanging around kind of like waiting for As long as it like stays on the peripheral. Yeah. It's not it's no longer threatening you. Yeah. Yeah. I've I have diplomatic control over this situation with the bird lizards. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have diplomatic control over this situation with the bird lizards. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. He won't bother us. You two inspect the cart. Navia, come here. Let's look at him. Can't wait to see what what's going on with these things. I they they're the feathers seem interesting, but it it's got like scales underneath and look at I know look at like these we're claws. like pushing you're up like, we're yeah, just you're like, yeah. looking in the ear and yeah. opening the mouth and the one that you've got under your control just is like letting it happen mm-hmm. yeah yeah we're not hurting it we're not drawing blood or anything not yet you guys do your weird thing we're going to look ar- around at this crash site yeah this could have been us the other night you know cuz we found a one of these that's a good yeah, point you know, we narrowly like, avoided we narrowly avoided whatever happened whatever here. happened cat here. stops and turns how dare you say that you two jumped into that cart immediately upon seeing it well well yeah but that was different it's a totally different situation what are you talking about because well, that cart was nice looking this it one's was all broken. so nice it's so broken then why one. are you saying that this could be us could have statistically it could have yeah oh my god <laughs> Talking with you two is something else. <laughs> yes, yep. that's usually what we go that's, for. Yeah. We're a memorable duo. Mm-hmm. It was my idea not to get in the cart, and I just turned back and started <laughs> inspecting the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. under the toenails. Right, you're like scraping and like <laughs> taking samples and stuff. You guys turn, Majumbo and, and Nils, you turn to the crash site. Let's roll investigation and mm-hmm. see what you guys can come up with. <laughs> I have a negative one on this one. Eleven. I mean, Jumbo got a dirty 20. Uh, with the 11, nice. you see there's a section of ground that is covered with shattered glass. Now that you're closer to it, you can see that it. you can piece together even with an 11. This was some sort of large glass container of some kind that has been broken. Mm. Um, you don't see anything around this glass that would indicate that indicate what was in it. But there was this big uh, glass container that was broken. Real big. I mean, you know, probably at least maybe a like six by six by six cube or something. Like this is a, this is a lot Damn. of glass. There are also several broken hourglass in a different part of this space. And, and now as you're looking at these broken hourglasses, some of, some of which are more broken than others. Uh, Majumbo turns to you and he says, I think there may have been more than one of these carts. And he holds up uh, a, a big wheel. Uh, and now you can see that there are multiple sets of wheels. Like it was maybe a, a caravan of some kind or mm. um, that there were or there were just different groups of these that maybe came together at this point. You're unable to discern exactly what manner of multiple carts. That that funky that funky smell you you uh, smell really strong and you're intrigued by a what appears to be something in the grass not far from this location and you find a large nasty looking spear like the head on this thing is designed to to do some damage it's mm. a really 
it's a long blade. It's probably about eight inches long. It's forked uh, into three, you know, kind of prongs. And it's a thick, heavy blade on top of a really sturdy, uh, sturdy uh, handle. Uh, and that funky smell is kind of coming from the tip of this. Oh. Like there's something that this was, I don't know if it stabbed into it or if it is naturally like designed to have this smell. You, you, you can't really figure that out. But this is where that particular smell is coming from. Mm. There's some spilled rice, like bags, sacks of like spilled rice. In the wreckage of the, the carriage, you find a metal box that you can pry open. It's kind of broken, and you're able to open it up. There's like a latch or a door on it, uh, and you open it up, and it looks, and you find uh, a big gem inside. Mm. I'm going to pocket that. But it's very dull in color. Mm. It doesn't shimmer bright. Even when you remove it from the box, and it uh, is in the sunlight, uh, it's still very dull. It doesn't. It doesn't have the luminance that you would think a large gem would. But but it has the the feel and the appearance of a of a big gemstone. It's almost almost as dull as a rock. And then there's a bunch of like bent blue metal pans. That's what you are able to find around this. Majumbo with his twenty, uh, he's able to pick up a couple more things, uh, and he picks up a sack. These are spices. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful spices, almost as wonderful as the kind from my my home in Plasnamzarid. Oh, peppercorns and bay leaf and all all kinds of wonderful, wonderful spices. And but that that scent from that spear you found is is covering up. That just stick your face in. It's a wonderful thing. Oh wow! He goes over to that uh, sticky dark liquid. He kind of sticks his face down into it. He doesn't touch it, but he sniffs it real good. He says, "Oh, this is." Like a vinegar smell and maybe uh, tarragon or something similar, herbiness to it. Range, why, why would, would this have come from that, that glass container? Um, why would it be spilled over here, but the glass is over there? That's kind of what is at the scene. Fifteen feet. The tongue extends 15 feet. <laughs> <laughs> like on opposite sides of the field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It does, a, it, it does a thing like when you uh, let go of a tape measure yeah. <laughs> as it springs back. Fascinating. Fascinating. It's unlike anything I've ever seen before. It's clearly a bird, but like... It's also clearly a lizard. What a weird thing. Uh, unlike anything we've seen in, in Moonshadow. I... Teeth in a beak. Teeth in a beak? Who'd have thought? A... Oh. What is this place? What a fascinating place uninterested in anything at the <laughs> at the, the crash site. Mm-hmm. We found rice and some other stuff. This thing ate a fish. Was Did you f- find any other fish? No fish. Oh. No. No and other I, fish. I feel like feeling in its gullet. <laughs> <laughs> it, you can feel it. It's intact. He swallowed it whole and you can kind of squish around and get the sense of like where this fish is inside of it. That's all I know. I don't know fish stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, is it a tuna? Uh-oh. Does it have legs? Oh, does it, I'm looking. Does it have legs? The fish? Yeah. Roll, roll, nature. <laughs> I guess <laughs> thirteen. You can't feel any legs in, through ah. through the body of the bird lizard. You're unable to feel if this fish had any legs. As far as you can tell, normal sized fish, good sized fish, mm-hmm. probably uh, uh, twenty inches or so. Like a big. This was a, a big big fish. I feel relief. Yeah. No good. No mm-hmm. legs. 
No, like I feel relieved specifically because if it had legs, the boys would be right. Yep. And I'd be mad about that. <laughs> no legs. Uh, can you ask that thing if it knows if there are any other carts, like direction wise, that we should maybe there maybe they have like fish. yeah. Is this like a major road? We we be interrupted by other travelers soon. I suppose I could, and I ask those questions. You get the basic concept telepathically back from the bird lizard that this is not a well-traveled area that there aren't other like people usually here like it was weird that they came across you and they weren't intimidated by you at first Mm -hmm. yeah no it turns out this isn't an unusual place to find a spilled carriage Hmm. curious yes it seems that this is the uh the beginning of a mystery i like a mystery i'm gonna ask our bird friend if they found it like this. Mm. Uh, it communicates back, yes, they, that they found it like this. And they were drawn by the scent of uh, fish. And they ate the fish. There were many fish. I, have, like, I like this creature. <laughs> <laughs> this simple creature. There were many fish. Perhaps this glass was a tank. Ooh, that makes a lot more sense. They ate all the fish. Is this a food caravan? It seems like it had rice and spices and fish. Maybe these were Plintherin's guests. If they were going to a dinner party, they could be bringing ingredients. Ooh. I turn back to the bird blizzard. Did you see any people like us? No, you get the the impression that the answer is no. Mm. What What was the liquid then? Was it wine? The sticky kind of... liquid. Oh, a sticky liquid. Or the liquid that was holding the fish. Perhaps perhaps fish oh. here live in wine. Oh, that's cool. I that would that be fish so... might taste weird. Though. Oh, yeah, Kateria fish. thinks that's kind of cool party too, fish. but she won't admit it. <laughs> Roll insight, Nils. Okay. Oh, just nine. Okay, you cannot, <laughs> you cannot tell that she also thinks this is cool. Okay. I'm going to do stuff like that. When you say shit like that, I'm going to be like, are they going to, is the other one going to notice? <laughs> uh, I think I, I smack this bird's ass and let him go. Let it go. has an ass? Everything has an ass. Some, well, like not, a, and not everything has an ass. Yeah. Starfish don't have ass. No. I think. They don't have cheeks, butt cheeks. Well, I smacked something on this bird to get it to go. It's backside. There you go. Uh, and they do. The birds uh, scamper away. The bird lizards. Mm. Yeah. Majumbo, are there tracks leading to or from this carriage location? Perhaps. I mean, these wheels, where you would think in this kind of uh, this kind of terrain, would leave a mark of some kind. But I am unable to see if there <laughs> <laughs> if there are any. Navia has uh, unfortunately disrupted the grass with her magics, and now I am unable to see if there are any. Well, don't blame this on me. Yeah. I had to tie that thing up somehow, and the the, the grass is is here. I'm also here. Why did you ask just Bo if he could track? Oh, you're telling me that you can. Well, unfortunately, in this incident, I cannot. So my I assumption was correct. <laughs> <laughs> yes, your assumption was correct, but just. That kind of felt bad. He has, in the past, found things. Usually the bar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I always am good at... I'm good at finding bars and taverns and places to eat. Hence, Plintherins. It's true. We found that place. We didn't find that place. We were led to that place. Ah, you know. 
splitting hairs. You, you could, yeah. How do you think the hourglasses fit into this? Hmm. Everything else is kind of food-like. I go to look at it. When you pick up the hourglass, Katheria, you kind of feel a buzz. These are magic. Yeah. Can I tell what was in them? Sand, water, rice. Like, r- rice. Roll nature. The, the 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 things in them appear visually to be almost like glass beads. Oh. But yeah, roll Fuck. seven. Uh, I'm gonna have a Navia roll. She may have. A I don't bird. have a good nature buff. Oh God, three. No. <laughs> Maybe Nils can step up at this point. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, let I'm me like just concentrating closely at this. This investigation. Uh, or nature. Neither one. I'm negative one on both. Five. <laughs> yeah, these kind of these kind of <laughs> these kind of stump everybody. They look almost like glass beads, but there there's a natural kind of quality to them. Um, they're not perfectly smooth or ovular. They almost have they have a uniform shape, um, but they're not. Uh, yeah, they're not like perfectly round. Uh, they kind of curve a little bit, almost um, almost scale like. Uh, but you don't know the origin. They're not clear. They're kind of semi-transparent. Uh, and they have a like bluish, silvery tint to them. And all of these are smashed. There isn't one left intact. There's one that's cracked, but it's not completely shattered like the the contents will still move within it i have two ideas um i i think i i definitely go to the one that's only cracked and i try to manipulate it i turn it to see what happens almost imperceptibly so much almost imperceptibly that you have to roll perception <laughs> <laughs> plus six baby let's see how it goes <gasps> dirty 20 yeah almost imperceptibly nothing happens to you but there's, as you turn it, there's a very subtle shift in everybody else, slightly slower. The grass and the wind slows down a little bit. And everybody's movement as they're just kind of going about, you know, further investigating and checking the place out. You were looking for something. If you were not looking for an effect, you wouldn't really notice this. I turn. This was a food caravan? That's yeah. That's the leader in the clubhouse a... right now. I think. Oh, this is fascinating. I think these hourglasses prevent the food from spoiling. They have an effect on time, but like a very subtle effect on time. That's some serious magic. Time magic is even the mages in Plas Namzarid don't mess around with time. Whoa! No. And there's so many of them. But they're all broken, except for this one. Except for this one. Well, we gotta keep it safe. Maybe we can repair it. I may have something for that. And uh Oh, I may have some fucking magic. <laughs> I always forget. I cast the cantrip mending. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Both you and Majumbo cast it at the same, same time. time. Uh and like the different magic energies like start at different ends of the crack and then like meet in the middle. <laughs> oh, and I smile at him. Oh, and I get a little bit jealous. <laughs> <laughs> he winks. At who? At both of you. <laughs> he just blinks. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he can't 
make a decision. <laughs> but we're both on two sides of him, so we both think he's winking. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, right. It's like you're in the in the periphery. <laughs> Hey everybody, Russell here with a few quick announcements, and then we're going to get you right back to it. Thanks so much for listening to episode 4 of our prequel miniseries. We're doing this between the fall and winter months here, as we are bridging the gap between seasons 4 and 5. We will be returning to season 5 with James and Chelsea back at the table in the spring, but until then, it's me and Beth and Mike running through this prequel series, and I hope that you guys are enjoying it as much as we are. Speaking of Beth, so excited to promote her booth at the San Diego Comic-Con Special Edition this weekend, November 26th to 28th in San Diego, the San Diego Comic-Con. Beth's got a booth at. It's so amazing. So if you are at the con, be sure to check out booth GG52. That's GG like Greg, 52 uh, at San Diego Comic-Con. Beth's art will be there. It's amazing. We're so proud of her uh, and so excited uh, that she's got her stuff there. Uh, she's previewed some of it on her Twitter at Beth B. Rad, uh, and it's going to be exclusive to the con, at least for a little while. So if you are in the San Diego area, go check that out. Another big announcement, a uh, friend of the show, Nick Scartarossi, has a new podcast. You will recognize Nick from his Comfort Foods episode a little while back. Uh, if you're an old Practical Folks fan, Nick's done a bunch of Drunk Disney's. Uh, he's a stand-up comedian, actor, uh, and very funny, talented guy. Uh, and I'm very proud to be uh, releasing his new podcast, Sleuthy, a true crime uh, podcast uh, that is investigating the death of Chef Gusteau from the Ratatouille film. Join human detective Jonathan Carbonara and his rat detective partner Claire Cassellet as they try to figure out whether Chef Gusteau really died of a broken heart or something more sinister occurred. Claire Cassellet is voiced by Ali Gordon, co-created the show with Nick, uh, another great funny person, so really excited to get this show out. It's super fun, going to be six episodes releasing Mondays, uh, currently available on Spotify, coming soon wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, go check it out. It's Radisluthy on Spotify and coming soon wherever you get your podcasts. So check out Radisluthy. Check out Beth at San Diego Comic Con this weekend. Uh, GG52. Lots of cool stuff happening. Uh, we will be back with the next episode of this show uh, on December 8th. So we are off until then. Uh, everybody have a safe holiday. If you are celebrating Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday. Uh, and if you are not, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy your time, whatever it is you're doing. And most importantly, do what's fun. Thanks, everybody. Do what's fun. It felt weird not to say it after saying thanks, everybody. So thanks, everybody. Do what's fun. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Jonathan Carbonara. I'm a human, a human reporter. And I'm Claire Cassellet. I'm a rat. Not like metaphorically. Oh yeah, I'm 100% actually a rat. And together, we're a team of investigative reporters. Great ones, too. Yeah, we've been behind some of the biggest exposés of the last five years. But our most fascinating case started someplace pretty unexpected. It started in the kitchen, with a cookbook 
and one man's enduring motto. Anyone can cook. Let's just put it this way, Daddy-O. The knives of Paris are sharp in and out of the kitchens. He was a great chef, there is no doubt, but he had his enemies. He would know it from the outside, but that building housed more than just fine dining. The secrets within those walls were plenty. And we'd know we were there. So you're saying you believe Gusto was murdered? I don't just believe it. I know. Introducing Radisluthi. A tale of intrigue, rodents, and hout cuisine. New episodes every Monday, anywhere you can find a podcast. Created by Ali Gordon and Nick Scardarossi. Distributed by Moore Park Media. It doesn't work to fix magic. Uh, the spell can't restore magic to such an object. Okay, so uh, you fix the crack. Ah, that means there's more to it. But then do you like try to do anything? Of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try to use it again. When you flip it over, the kind of reverse happens where now, again, almost imperceptibly, but now you're looking for it. Yeah. Things start to move a little faster. Uh, like you just reversed the, the effect. Oh. It's- and this is like frame adjustments it's yeah. Not, yeah it's not it's not like suddenly things have super speed you know like well it's not gonna crack in our bag anymore but the effect is infinitely subtle this is fascinating so how would that help with food how would that help prevent food from going bad how do you mean that how would that help from food well you just sped up the food process of of spoiling faster well, then you don't flip the hourglass the other way well then why would you have an hourglass that flipped the other way to begin with why wouldn't you have just a one-way hourglass. Yeah. There's no such thing as a one-way hourglass. A funnel! Ah, yeah. Why wouldn't you just have a funnel? Just a funnel. Everything has balance, you two. <laughs> if you have one reaction, you have to have an equal but opposite reaction. Perhaps you keep this hourglass going backwards with your food over time, and after it's been consumed, the cleaning up process, maybe you speed Oh, that would be nice. But is it? Is it? Yeah, there would be. It? But is it in a radius that this whole thing is, or are you affecting the world around you? Seems you, only you are able to interpret, perceive this kind of change in time. Yeah, I so, guess I'll hold on to. Okay, I, that's fair. I got the cool pop-up book. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait for my cool thing. <laughs> I call dibs on the next one. <laughs> we still don't have a lead. Is this a road? It's it's not right. It's like. You're off the path now, yes. It, you know, Navia kind of comes over to you and she, and she whispers and she says, you know, Plintherin did mention that this was a, he was having a secret meeting. Perhaps that, you know, the, his, if this was his companions or his guests, then maybe they were trying to travel in secret and stay off of the roads. Uh, that, that kind of checks out too. If, 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 the, if there are food things and they were moving uh, off the roads, then, then maybe this was them or or some of them, or... The hourglass could expedite their past. There's a lot of uses for this. The stinky spear. This is a weapon, though. Were, were they expecting an attack, or... The, these bird lizards didn't appear to smell this, this bad. This is kind of funky and mushroomy and... onions yeah, gross. Gross smell. Don't like it. Should we take it with us? A pretty good weapon, it looks like. I mean... Yeah. Let's could take do it. some damage. It, or we could, if we find who it belongs to, we could return it. It looks, you know, to be valuable. Give that to me. Okay. 
and I roll perception on it. What are you trying to perceive? I want to look at the tip because it it looks different from everything else. Mm-hmm. It's stinky smelly, and we don't know if that was uh, something it stabbed or something that was applied to. You know, actually roll Arcana. Arcana. When you get closer to this and you get a good, better look at the... Yeah? Closer and a better look, you say? What's a seven do for me? Uh, Yeah, you think there's something a little bit familiar about the metallurgy of this metal. There's something... Familiar? Anything familiar is going to pique my interest. Yeah, there's something kind of weird about it. And, and Navia sees the look on your face. And even though you can't kind of piece it together, she comes over. Uh, and she looks at it and she says, <laughs> thank God for her 18. <laughs> uh, and she, that metal almost looks similar to the, to the Smiths at Gollum They're, they're if, if, if it's any, if it's any magic that's similar to theirs, there may be inscriptions in this that we can't see and, or wait, or can we? And she presses the Galadoy emblem on her armor and activates what we in the D&D&D campaign called Druid Sight. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And you, Katheria, can, you know, understand what she's doing. Do you mimic her actions? Or of just course like, yeah, I yeah. do. So both of you kind of do this and there's this, this boom of magic as you can kind of see this overlay of stuff. And at first you are overwhelmed. It's like putting night vision goggles on in light. Oh. It's like there's so much like fey magic here, obviously. Compared to your world, which your this magic item is designed to see, mm-hmm. uh, that you like can't handle, just, just like squint and stagger yeah. back a little. And, yeah, and Majomo and 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 Nils, you like don't understand what's going on, and they're just kind of like ah, <laughs> <laughs> like oh no, what's what, uh, are you all right? Like what is going on? Yeah, uh, no, it's it's fine. It's it's just it's a it's a lot. It's the rainbow service ferret is like meh, meh. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah yeah right. It's like it's it's happening, uh, <laughs> and she does. She staggers kind of in that same way that she did before when you when you kind of go to catch her uh, and you look back at the spear as you kind of adjust. Uh, maybe you you she turns hers off, but you keep yours on yeah. and you kind of adjust uh, and you look at this and you see that there are inlays in this this blade. Uh, and they seem to be uh, like pictographs. So hieroglyphics may be something that's visually telling a uh, story of what looks to be a minotaur-esque creature, but instead of a bull, it's a very large pig head on like a incredibly muscular human body, like legs and arms and, but like, big boar's like upper body head uh, is holding a spear like this is you know telling the story across the blade and attacking some sort of large it you have no idea what this is it looks just like a lumpy mass huh you have no idea what it is that it is meant to be attacking but it looks like it's some sort of like lumpy mass so this is reminding me of when we looked at the carriage that we got in for Plintherin's Manor mm-hmm where it was also depicting a scene. Yes, but also how, telling stories. Yeah, with, yeah, are these similar? Um, or just same in that they're telling stories. They're a different kind of art style. Okay. Um, uh, how would you interpret this? I guess roll history. Come on, rolls. Kind of an intelligence thing to compare. All art I history. roll are sixes. 
Uh, a ten is incredibly average. There's oh, similarities. There's nothing. There's nothing other than the fact that this is pi- pictures telling a story that would suggest that they are uh, connected. Okay. It, this seems more simplistic. Okay. There. The craftsmanship, the, the artistry, is not quite at the caliber, right? Of the the carriage. The carriage was aesthetic, and this is maybe ceremonial. Gotcha. Yeah, but that is what you see. You see this kind of pig man that is attacking this lumpy mass. I'm gonna unclick my my druid sight. Mm-hmm. Come out of it, Navia. You were right. This is like weapons from Galamathir. There is another connection. Another connection between the two places. Boys, keep your eyes peeled for any large, pig-headed, humanoid. I got one right here. <laughs> Are you talking about me? <laughs> what the? Why am I getting ripped on? My ears? <laughs> I, think, I think I smile at that. I'm warming up to Majumbo. Stop pigging on me. What the heck? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I could, I, you set me up like that. I couldn't resist. But it's no, on the that, spear. There's a depiction on here. It's only visible if you look at it in a special way, but this pig-headed, mini- it's a minotaur, but with a pig head. A pigatar. A pigatar. Okay. It's fighting some lumpy mass. I don't understand what that is, but... Oh, I got a lumpy mass right next to me. Uh, all right, you got me. Okay. <sighs> that didn't feel good, though. Well, no, because I ironed my clothes. Ah, uh, you're not lumpy. No. Okay, Very yeah. Very smooth. <laughs> I just wait patiently. <laughs> Continue. Moosemen, or not Moosemen. I'd like, I fought Moosemen. We would be golden if it was Moosemen. Yeah, but Pigmen. Pigmen. Pigatars. Pigatar. I, I just don't, I don't think this came off of the carriage is all I'm saying. Hmm. Oh. Did the Pigmen attack? Are they responsible? I would assume so. It's hmm. a stinky, very nice looking spear. These pigmen, perhaps they captured Plintherin's guests and took them wherever the pigmen are from. Oh, and then they're holding them for ransom and they, they might could eat be, them. Yes. They could be eating them. They could be they, trading them they for, could be, for ransom. They could be, yeah. They, they, they didn't seem to kill them here. We have no bodies, no blood. No, they're hostages. Hostages. Slow down, boys. We don't have evidence for any of these things. Kat, I hate to admit it, but some sort of hostage situation would make sense if these guests were important for this secret meeting. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some merit to these nonsensical, not based on fact ideas. <laughs> <laughs> They're not nonsensical. <laughs> we are drawing conclusions from the information that we have. Yes. Um, I'm going to start looking for trodden paths around the uh, crash site. Okay. Because if, if we're dealing with big heavy pigmen, sure. there must be some, some disturbance in the ground. Navia picks up on what you're doing as you kind of step out further away from the, in, a, in a radius away from the um, from the crash site. And she says, All right, I think we should fan out. Everybody look for, for any kind of tracks uh, away from the, from the grass that I pulled. Uh, maybe we'll be able to find some things. Uh, so let's everybody roll survival mm-hmm. with advantage and we'll see who gets the best and who can pick up the trail. Oh my God. You got a 19 is my best. 15 was my best. Who got a 23? Oh, my jumbo guy. Oh, of course he does. Me. <laughs> uh, you array out, uh, and uh, Katheria, you don't really uh, come across anything in the direction that you go. Hmm. Nils, maybe. It's distracted by a bug. Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> okay. 
You, you, yeah, you also kind of don't find any, anything, but both Navia, almost at the same time, both Navia and Majumbo say, there's, there's something, something over, over here. here. Well, that was really cool, Gressel. What? You talked at the same time. Oh, yeah. How you talked you with two voices? voices at the same time. Whoa. It's magic. <gasps> and you have found two different sets of tracks between the two of them. First, you look at the ones that Navia have found, and these do appear to be heavy, cloven tracks, bipedal tracks of some like heavy hooved feet. Good job. Not turtle horses. Unfortunately, we have yet to come across a turtle horse, but I'm holding out hope, my friend. Yeah, me too. And when you look at um, Majumbo's tracks, though, it's boots. Mm. Heavy, serious, like you guys have come across plenty of like soldier boots, and that's what you interpret this to be. Um, so now you have two sets of tracks, these clo- cloven hooves and these boots. Uh, and they're both leading away from the site? No, they're both leading toward the site. What? Yep. They're coming from different directions, leading toward the site. But where do they end? Where do they end? They just end at the... Yeah, they lead toward the site. They disappear into the grass that Navy had previously disturbed. Do the boots... Are, th- are the boots also accompanied by wheel tracks? Are either of them accompanied by wheel tracks? Maybe I'm assuming that the pigs were not the guests, but the pigs were the guests, you know? No. The wheel tracks are somewhere else. There's a, a, a third. What? Is there teleportation involved here? That's how we got here. Very strange, magical place. I wouldn't put anything out of the realm of possibility. So an option would be that the pigmen are from this realm and the boots are from a... from. I think it would be safe world. to assume that everyone is from this realm. And then they teleported away. They 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 took people host. They took the guests hostage and brought them back to our realm. But this is Plinth told us that we are the first visitors in ages. That he knows about. That's true. Uh, there could be some sort of strange conspiracy. You he- two are storytellers. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, I w- work very hard at my craft. It's a very nice for, of you to notice. Yeah. I'm a realist. Before we go creating webs of stories here, let's figure out first what actually happened and pick one of these two trails to follow. The hooves. The pigmen seem to be be our biggest lead. Okay. That was so easy. I'm also a realist. And they're on the left. Hey. See? What am I seeing? Always go left. You you always go left. Always. Can't be wrong if you always go left. It's still, it does I know, not. We have to figure out a better <sighs> way to say that. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Majumbo, your decision, I'll. I trust more. <laughs> yeah, that's that makes sense because we both said the same thing. What are you talking about? We both said left. Hooves are this way, right? <laughs> wow. I think she just doesn't want to admit it. I think she doesn't want to admit that he's right. I'm mad because, like, per- Beth, personally, curious about the... The boots? The boots, I am. Well, we could picture book it, but he's, like, Plinth is not in his office. No, but all of his, like, books and things are. You could, you could, this is basically a way to Scooby gang it and go and do, like, research to find out more, to get some more exposition about this world. Right. Because yeah. we do need to find out what, what these little uh, scale chips are inside of the... Hourglass. Hourglass. Yeah, maybe we should do that then. What we would do if we were back home is probably go back to Dalamith here and, and do some research in the libraries. I mean, 
Oh, the picture book. The picture book. The picture book. But yeah. Jumbo, the, pi- the 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 picture book. Has- oh, right. I I was kind of just playing with it. I- <laughs> he's just like he's just got it open, and he's just kind of like flipping pages. We'll all stand guard. Do we feel safe? That was a very important aspect. He warned us that we would be vulnerable. There's no more bird lizards. Maybe Nils should keep watch. Oh uh, yeah, I'll keep watch. It's a- I'll do that. That does make sense. You would be the the one I would choose to keep watch. Yeah, I'll just go climb this tree here and I'll watch from the tree. I feel safest when you are keeping watch. Mm. All right, roll athletics. Oh, damn. <laughs> 14. Yeah, you can climb the tree, no okay. problem. Yeah, with, with ease, you climb the tree. And uh, clearly, there is there is a change, I think, in, Neil, in Nils when it's like, oh, it's guard duty now. Like, now people mm, need, I need to watch serious. over people. There's a seriousness that, that happens and, and you can notice it. Yeah. Yeah. I also noticed his thighs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's climbing up the tree. Yeah, the, the, the kind of tunic rides up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I look away. <laughs> Navia notices, you notice. <laughs> I notice plenty of things. <laughs> Majumbo moves the three of you, your little picture book avatars, into the lab, and there's a, a kind of cloud that falls over your eyes, a veil descends over your vision. His thighs aren't that special. <laughs> and now suddenly you're speaking your th- your thoughts out loud because oh. you're <laughs> what? Yeah, you're in like a uh, you're in like a, a an internal state, like a, a meditative, like different kind of realm of consciousness to project out like this. So so you're that thought. Maybe I just like other people's thighs. Maj- Majumbo and Navia can hear as you find as you. Your vision clears and you're inside the lab in like a spectrally kind of hazy way. My big ass ears didn't hear that. Did they? <laughs> that would have been a nice confidence booster. But. There's like an awkward moment where like you realize that you said that out loud and nobody else kind of acknowledges it. But everybody, the other two are like looking at you. You know, you. I, this is nothing to be ashamed of. I. They're very powerful. I, why do you know that? I've seen him do things. Oh, I. It's not unusual to notice other people's body parts. <laughs> we'll have plenty of time to gawk at and, and, and Nils later. gawking. Oh my god. It's, it's, he's a, an attractive man. It's fine. You, you have nothing to be embarrassed about. Where are the books? <laughs> uh, and Navy is already flipping through things. I had a, a suspicion in, in, with those things inside the, inside the hourglass. It's, could, I, I wasn't sure, but I think they might be. And she flips a book around. And you realize that you're basically ghosts manipulating objects. Like you can, you look at her and she's like semi-transparent, but she's holding up this very solid book. Um, and you're realizing like, Flint is magic. Like this yeah. guy is like, like you're having like a little bit of a panic at just like every little, every new detail you learn about this guy is like, he is very, very powerful and very, very magic. Uh, even though he appeared as kind of like just a normal old man. Uh-huh. I'm like, how old is he? Yeah, I'm like, there's just more questions yeah. uh, of like, what is up with this guy? So she turns this book around and you see it is a picture of a diagram in like a biology book kind of thing, like a drawing of uh, the surface of dragon skin. And these might be, even though they're small and, you know, like you wouldn't, you would think the dragon scales would be large and these are not these appear to be dragon scales or 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 draconic scales of some kind um i know the dragons are 
you know, super rare in our world, but maybe they're more common uh, here. Or, or, or that would make sense. There's, Could there's, you imagine? I've never even seen one. Uh, nobody has. It's been it's been generations. It would be such an amazing thing to to meet a dragon. Can you? I I can't. Just having bona fide dragon scales in my pocket right now is unimaginable. What? And maybe that maybe that's where that time. Are there time dragons? Maybe there's another book in this section over here, and, and she kind of reaches, looks around, and scans scans that like area that she pulled this book from on the shelf, and she pulls one out, uh, and it looks to be like a collection of letters, uh, correspondence between somebody, a council member, you know, with like a you know, it's a named council member from like you know years ago. You don't know the calendar system in this world, but the book looks very old. Mm. Something called a chronomancer. There are mentions in these letters of having draconic bloodline and the source of, you know, power coming from this draconic bloodline, the source of this chrono magic. And it seems these these letters seem to be a like long negotiation between where the chronomancers want independence and the elves want fealty. And it seems that, at least from this book, that seems to be very old, there was an impasse of some kind and things weren't really resolved. But this book is like a collection of like letters between great statesmen. It would be like letters between like Churchill and Roosevelt or mm. something, you know? So it's like amazing that this exists in this mansion. Yeah, like that he has these these copies of these things and stuff yeah. too. Like, like he might be... this. Yeah, just another detail of, like, how, who is this person? Mm -hmm. And then uh, Majumbo, though, meanwhile, is like, I, dragons are very cool, admittedly, but I think I found the pig people. Oh? <laughs> uh, and he has uh, another book that's like a travel log. It is, it is like a journal about hunting trips with the, it, they, it just refers to them as the hunters of the high hills. Uh, in the south, it describes uh, four-headed uh, folk uh, of incredible strength uh, who have an ability to hunt. Some something it it, it uh, Majumbo can't completely make it out. He it's in a, it's in a language that none of none of you can read, but he seems to be somehow magically interpreting this. Mm. Uh, and he says these symbols are, are very hard to make out, even even with my abilities, but. Uh, it seems that maybe these there's something very rare that these these hunters have are are particularly attuned to to track and and maybe that's the globular things that were on your spear it's it's unclear most of most of these uh most of these journal entries appear to be kind of uh self congratulatory about the honor of the hunt and things like that it's not very not my personal taste. That is the you have that information about the the pig creatures that they they seem to be hunters and they come from the south. The Chrono Wizards, you you get the sense that they are they are based west of your current location, and they seem to be uh, yeah dragon related. You don't you don't know exactly in what sense, but it, it seems from the letters that that, that their their magic is somehow derived from a connection to dragondom mm. that you aren't sure of um most of most of your experience in your world with dragons are dragon-born descendants of dragons mm -hmm. not 
true dragons um, themselves. And they're looked down upon, aren't they? True dragons? No. No, dragonborn. Dragonborn. Dragonborn are feared. They're feared. Yeah. Wasn't in D&D and D&D, uh, one of the blacksmiths is a dragonborn. Wendell's a dragonborn. Wendell's a dragonborn. Yeah, who has like particularly draconic features. Okay. Um, that are imposing and, and fear inducing. That's right. But he is a cool dude. Like in, in, in uh, that we know of. Yeah. I was mixing him up because Wendell works with an orc. Right. Or a half orc. Half orc. Yeah. The only other dragon, I mean, you obviously in D and D and D there are dragon. <laughs> yeah. There are dragon. Yes. Um, but uh, then there are the dragonborn that you also encountered in the Feywild that were like subjugated and, um, used as soldiers oh yeah yeah that is the information now meanwhile uh nils you're up in the tree keeping watch over the unconscious bodies of your companions and you hear a rustling nearby okay and you start to hear voices as they approach and these are human voice humanoid voices uh and they're speaking in a language Think you can understand what languages can you speak? I can speak, uh, right, common and one extra, which is dwarvish, so just common and dwarvish. Okay, that makes sense for someone from Hosk, uh, doing a lot of stuff with dwarves up there and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is not dwarvish, this is a different kind of language. But you hear three different voices, and they are kind of joking amongst each other, it seems, or like there's a familiarity between them. You start to hear clanking and like metal sounds. Roll a uh, perception. Mm-hmm. Nine. <laughs> uh, that's kind of the best that you can get from you're 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 kind of hiding up in the tree. Roll stealth as well. Disadvantage. So I have to roll. Roll twice. twice to take a worse. Yeah. Eleven. Eleven. Okay. Well, you're you're up in the tree, and then let me roll some things too. Okay. Um, they don't notice you as they approach these creatures, and and uh, it seems. As they get closer, you can see that they are elves. Mm. Um, and they were speaking presumably elvish amongst each other. Uh, and they come through the trees and they notice that there are these three bodies uh, lying on the ground. Uh, and they kind of get excited. And one of them says something to the others and points. Uh, and they approach. And they don't, you know, like, it's not like they have weapons drawn or anything, though they do have weapons. And they are poorly armored you can tell mm-hmm. uh from looking at them and they do have these kind of big curved swords one of them has a bow and arrows and uh they approach your unconscious comrades and they start to root around in their belongings nope <laughs> i uh i jump down from the tree or i climb down from the tree and they like step back and they ready their weapons yeah what are you doing uh, and they speak, they say something in Elvish, you can't understand it, but the one of them steps forward and waves his sword in a very threatening way, mm. and says something in Elvish that's clearly a taunt. The other two laugh. Sir, are you taunting me? And he says something back to you, and again, you can't understand it, and it, it, the others laugh one more time, and now he's starting to kind of circle you. Mm. I'm going to try casting command. Nils wouldn't just tell this guy to run away. A wisdom saving throw. It beats your save. It beats it? Yes. So you can speak your command. Oh, you're going to make me do this? <laughs> Drop your weapon. And there's a pause. But then this, the leader, the apparent leader just laughs uh, and draws his 
sword through his hand in kind of a threatening letter, like he's showing you how sharp it is, and you can see that it shimmers in the light. Mm. Yeah. Ah, the language barrier. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I pull out my hammer, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I can keep talking, but it's not going to do anything. <laughs> D&D&D is a Moorpark Media podcast and a Spotify preferred partner. Written and edited by me, James Gressel. D&D&D is performed by James A. Janice, Chelsea Rebecca, Beth Bradloff, and Mike Sagan. 